Like so often people worry about when you're making big, when you do something big like this, like, you know, what's going to go bad? Like what could go, what could go, what can happen? What's my opportunity cost? What's all the downside? It's like, guys, what could go right? You know, like what, wonder, wonder if things go really good because of this wonder if you become a different person about it and, and you just, you know, you change your trajectory by, by two degrees. So where, where will your life be, you know, 20 years from now, if you changed it just two degrees today and you could do that right away, like don't delay, you know, if you have that fishing trip, you've been wanting to take with your, one of your parents, like don't make you know, so, so often people make the mistake and then all of a sudden they start regretting, like, man, I wish wish I would have gone fishing with my dad or something like this when it's too late guys like hey call your dad make that damn fishing trip in Alaska let's go today's guest goes by the nickname banana Ron and there's a story behind that in fact banana Ron's life is a story that he is deliberately writing each day he recently released a YouTube series where he traveled across the United States using only unpaved roads it's just Ron his dog Coda and his Ford Raptor. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Ron says this idea was on his bucket list and he decided to just go for it. Join us on today's episode to hear more of Banana Ron's story and I guarantee you'll be inspired. Today on the Founders Pod. The Founders Podcast. Listen to the stories of how everyday extraordinary people start amazing businesses. Hear how they overcome the odds and find success in the entrepreneurial world. The up and down, the good and the bad, and everything in between. And now, your hosts, Jordan Hansen and Brandon Minard. And Matt. And I'm here. Can't forget Matt. We'll get that. We'll get you added on there. Someday. One day. When our budget increases. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Founders Pod. Grateful you could be joining us whenever you are, wherever you are. Happy that you can tune in to this week's edition. We're broadcasting from the United Commercial Insurance Studio. Uh, United Commercial Insurance, business insurance. Give us a call, 208 229 8222. Again, that's 208-229-8222. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Lamb. Matt, welcome. Hey, hey good to be here. I'm excited. Today's going to be good. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. We are Jordan-less. Yeah, no Jordan today. He couldn't make it. Yeah. But we move on nonetheless. Oh, yeah. I uh, got a good one for everybody today. Grateful that uh, this guest could join us. He's incredibly entertaining. He's got a YouTube series. Uh, you may have seen him already on the different, I, I saw him on Instagram initially and Matt brought him up and said, Hey, this guy's got a really cool story going. Uh, Banana Ron. Thanks for having me. Guys. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. I'm lucky and fortunate to be in the same city as you and be able to do this face to face. So yeah. I'm excited. If you haven't seen anything on Banana Ron, uh, incredible story. We'll get more into it later. Yeah. But, um, Banana Ron, Ron. However you go, right? See, I um, don't even want to say his last name. Just call me Banana. Yeah. Banana. Oh, oh, Ron, com, or Banana, comma, Ron. Yeah. I, I learned his last name today, and I was a little disappointed. Yeah. It's better, I think, if you just know him as Banana yeah. Ron or Banana. Yeah. Well, this is the first time we've met. Yeah, yeah. It is. So that's crazy. Anyway, we've seen him on the different social media out there. He's got a big YouTube channel where he um, logs and video logs everything that he's done. 
and we'll talk about more, but he kind of went across the country on a cool project, on a cool adventure we want to learn more about. Uh, you can check him out. If you search YouTube at the Banana Ron, you can also search Instagram and Facebook, Banana Ron, um, and you'll find out more about his stuff. Check him out for sure. Really interesting. But, um, yeah, we're excited to hear hear how you got into all of that. Yeah, no, I'm excited to be here, guys. So I had, uh, you know, life, well, there's a, there's a famous um, speech from, was it the Apple CEO? Come on, help me out with his name real Steve quick. Jobs. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah. About how you can't connect the dots looking forward, but after you get through the process, you can connect them looking back, right? And so uh, fortunately and unfortunately, I guess however you want to cut it, uh, 2014, all set out of nowhere, I, I was like a super athlete. I was actually in the startup space, and my life was going you know, really good. Like I always played the, my cards right you know, all the way through high school in terms of diet, nutrition, and decision-making. And, uh, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I got this crazy autoimmune thing and it just slammed the brakes, you know, with, with my life. I went from being like, you know, super, you know, CrossFit athlete and stuff to, to all of a sudden not able to get out of a chair and it, and it happened in about a two month period. And so, uh, that, that went on for about five years. And then soon as I figured out what the cause was, we, we addressed the cause. It's just an autoimmune type thing. And, uh, my wife and I, you know, we had three young kids at the time. We're like, there's more to this, guys. We got to spike the mic. Let's mix everything up. And so we actually sold everything we owned here in Idaho, and uh, we moved down to Costa Rica, sight unseen. Get out. And, yeah. Wow. So, so that, and that's uh, the only reason I'm sharing the story is because that's kind of the origin of my name, right? And so I'm down there in Costa Rica and between Costa Rica and Panama for a while. And, and I had this dream, you know, while I was sick, I, I'd like watch YouTube videos, like permaculture YouTube videos. And, and I, I went down this rabbit hole with all these like crazy, rare, exotic tropical fruit trees that you've never so, heard of. So Costa Rica, I've mm-hmm. seen that before where people move down there because there's, there's some, what of a subculture of like, I guess, trying to cure your health issues. Like you know, by non-Western medicine methods, right? Western medicine. And I've seen that yeah. from a few people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is when, that why you went down there? Or? You know, not necessarily. Like Western medicine got me sick and Western medicine did not fix me. And yeah. so um, uh, I, I don't think I've been to a doctor since then. Right. And, and that, you know, and so uh, I want to just go down because I'm like, you know, I had this ruminating thought in my mind like the whole time this was going on. You know, I have young kids and I'm like, man, I just thought I had more time. I just thought I had more time. That was that was my internal monologue, like looping in the back of my brain. And and so so now all of a sudden I got a second second gifted life and I'm like, dude, let's do this right. And I'm like, I just want to go do yoga and surf every day and eat coconuts and go frolic around in the jungle. And your wife's like, uh, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure. lucky, man. I, I must have done something really good in a past life because I got an amazing wife that yeah. just is down. She just supports all my bad yeah. decisions. And, <laughs> Uh, and, and so it was, it was great. I mean, so we're down there, and and uh, and that's that's where the name Banana Ron came from. All my college buddies and guys I used to work with, they're like, "Do you just go buy a banana plantation to uh. kick it in the jungle?" I'm like, "That's it." <laughs> that's and, uh, um, and and we'd still be there today if it wasn't for COVID. COVID, we're down there during oh, COVID, really? and that was, okay. um, uh, you know, that that changed our plans. And I kind of liked being in in a country where I, you know, native language speaker and I understand the yeah. laws and how to navigate them. And, and so we came back to the U S you know, during then, but we'll, I'll go back. I'll have a banana plantation here one day. <laughs> so are you, are you originally from Boise? You know, I, I claim to be a native. I moved here in like 93. I think oh, I was like gotcha. ninth grade. So that it's native enough. It's, it's, it's native enough. Yeah. yeah. I, so, uh, you know, more than half my and life. Then, here. And then, so maybe just describe a little bit what your, you know, what your steps were in, in going through school and college and your first career, that type of thing. Like what led you to kind of that decision to 
I guess, go to Costa Rica. I mean, oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just a natural process, right? Like, so uh, it, it's kind of funny. The last W-2, the last job I had, I, I was I worked at Pizza Hut, and I got fired in 1996. And that so was the last? That's the last job I had as an employee. As an employee, I got fired in 1996. And Wait, uh, you, you moved here in 93? Yeah, yeah. So Are you like 10 or something? No, no, I, I moved here. I was like, I was like 15 when I moved here. Oh, okay. And so I was like 17, 16, 17 when I got fired. Which Pizza Hut was it? Uh, Apple and Park Center. Okay. So oh, it's a gas Boise. station now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, best job That's I ever crazy. had. Couldn't, couldn't, they said I wasn't Pizza Hut material. So I'm like, <laughs> I got to figure something out, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You got issues for sure. You Wait, know, so were your, did your parents, were they upset at all? I mean, or were they like, this is Ron? No. Like, so all the way, I, I just kept with that. So. Um, in high school, you know, I, I was from Southern California, so I'd go down there a couple times a year and, and then I'd cross the border into Mexico. And at the time I'd buy a whole bunch of fake Oakley sunglasses, yeah. you know, like those, they're super popular. Yeah. You know, this is like, you know, we're what juniors, sophomore juniors in high school. Right? right. And so I'd come home with, you know, $300 of fake Oakley sunglasses that I paid for, you know, $2 a piece and flip them for 50 bucks. And, uh, and that fed me through, you know, high school. And so my parents are like, Oh, he has money for gas. We're not giving him <laughs> gas money, yeah. you know? And, and, and so then that kind of evolved a little bit to just being uh, strategic with what I was doing. And, and I, I remember I, I got into like working out real big, but I, I couldn't afford to like buy creatine, you know, at the time. And so I got a, uh, back then this is pre-internet guys, you know? So I got, I went to the small business development center and got one of the trade journals. I found uh, creatine manufacturers and so I call these guys up and they don't know how old I am on the other end of the call, right? And I, I get them to lend me, they, they sent me 10 kilos of creatine, free. They're like, yeah, here, well, you got terms, just pay us in 90 days. I'm oh, like, gosh. no way, man. And so I'm like cutting this stuff up like a drug dealer and selling it to all of my dudes on my wrestling team. And then, you know, I'm a high school kid, so I'm able to like sneak in all the Bora and Capital and all the other mm -hmm. high schools and uh, put flyers up, you know, a higher oh, power yeah. creatine, whatever. And I just named it and it'd show up in a Ziploc bag and I had, you know, I, and so, but like all the guys kind of knew me in high school is like, hey, instead of paying, what was this, $30 for a hundred grams and I sell it for, I think, $10 a hundred grams. And you I know what? That's interesting because um, if you're familiar with that space, there's a company called bodybuilding.com. So, so Ryan DeLuca and I were friends or okay. we're still friends. And so I met him in 98 right after I graduated high school and he was doing some online marketing, search engine optimization stuff. And I'm selling all this creatine and he's like, Ron, we got to figure out how to sell this online. And that was, Get out. that was, uh, I, 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 I can claim it, man. I introduced Ryan DeLuca. That's to interesting. Because so, yeah. I was wow. like, you were the pre-bodybuilding.com. You, you were it. You know, and it was cool working with them at the very beginning, you know, but this was like pre, um, uh, we, we, we didn't have any, th there wasn't any fraud controls for credit cards. And so he had, he had, he's a visionary by all means, man. He could see, he's playing chess, man. I'm not that bright of a guy. I just play tic-tac-toe and checkers, you know? And, uh, but so he's seeing way down the pipeline of like, dude, this could be great. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, Ryan, every, every one out of 10 orders we get is a fraudulent order and we only have a 10% profit margin. Like we're losing, we're not making money at the end of the month. And yeah. so we kind of went separate directions and I started some of my own product lines and then he kept with uh, bodybuilding.com with the low margin and, you know, high volume thing. And, and obviously it worked out yeah. fantastic. And, and so, so it was pretty cool. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. We've always wanted to get those guys on just to talk about that introduction, I'll, but I'll get them here were, for you. I'll, I'll make, I'll, I'll text sweet. them in a minute. We'll, well you were the original. I, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it, I, I can't, I can't claim that we, it was because of both of us, right? Yeah, he yeah. would, he would have not been in the supplement industry if it was for me. And I would not be in the digital marketing space if it wasn't for him. Yeah. So it was, it's a fantastic synergistic relationship. That's I, awesome. I, awesome story. I, mm -hmm. I remember when like in high school, cause we graduated in Oh two. Mm -hmm. 
Creatine was like, Huge. everybody was everybody. getting yeah. it. Yeah. Not me. I, I mean, wasn't that, using it. Uh, yeah. No, I, I don't mean, know. Are you sure? I mean, you were like, watching what? this on YouTube. You were like 6'5", 120. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I remember in high school, like creatine was it, right? Because yeah. at the time you had uh, Mark McGuire and all those guys that were just huge. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, creatine. <laughs> yeah. And Bill Phillips is doing yeah. all of his advertising, you know, I think is like win a Lamborghini or something like that. Your oh, body for life, you know, program, which I, I had the pleasure of having. Oh, that's uh, right. yeah. I, I had dinner with him here at Barbacoa, you know, a handful of years back. Did that was you? really cool. Um, he... he, he I say this very cautiously because I, I I don't throw the term around lightly. I would say he's an enlightened being. I, I really would. He's he's wow. on that next level. He's he he just vibrates at a different level, guys. Like he's hmm. he's very interesting human for sure. Wow. So I know he has a new project out right now. Um, I I wish I knew the name of the product. I know it's probably fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I haven't tried it, but he, he does good stuff and he's he's in business for the right reasons. So then out of call, I mean, you were running. Out yeah. of the gates, yeah. Out of high school because you were already doing your own thing for forever. Yeah, so I, I started. Then I was at Boise State and I failed an entrepreneur class, and so that's you failed it. Failed it. Got an F, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, enough. I'm done. And and so I I, I dropped out of college and I gave myself uh, I gave myself one semester. And I and at the time I had some crazy unrealistic uh, plan. I'm like, hey, if I could figure out the number is ten thousand dollars a month. I'm like, and you know, I'm what twenty, not, not even twenty. I maybe at 20 years old. I'm like, dude, if I can figure out how to make 10, 10K a month online, I won't go back to college. And I just, I hustled, man. I hustled. And, and that, and, you know, I, I hit the goal and I never went back. And, and for years, you know, for 20 years, I felt stupid, you know, thinking, oh, man, you got these MBAs and all these really smart guys out there, uh, you know, and, and until I started hiring them and realizing, wow, dude, street, street knowledge is way more powerful. What did you, I mean, yeah. were you selling advertising or products yeah. or what were you anything, selling? Anything I could, I mean, now, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's drop shipping or, or, you know, yeah. e-commerce. It's just, this was like the beginning of Google AdWords. Um, and, and so when it actually is called Overture, I think that was the one on Yahoo. And so I was just in the right place at the right time. You know, it's, it's that whole story. like you create your own luck. Right. And so I, I was there when all of a sudden, you know, we're doing a bunch of search engine optimization stuff, you know, uh, shout out to Ryan DeLuca for turning me onto that world. And, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, like now you can buy search ratings and then, and the minimum cost was a penny for search traffic. Yeah. But at the time it wasn't called sponsored ads it's called, um, something like premium listing or something like this. And so, so now sponsored ads are very difficult to play, to make a, a, a work because everyone knows it's an advertisement. But back then, everyone thought it was something super special that the search engines are setting mm. aside and putting at the top. And so now we're getting ultra premium traffic and we're paying a penny a click for it. And now if you do any digital advertising, you know, I mean, if you're yeah. buying a lead for your business or something, you know, search for, you know, Idaho business insurance, yeah. you're paying what, $4 a click? Oh. I mean, that is the golden era of mm -hmm. search of yeah. like, of sponsored ads, really. Yeah. Know what you're talking about. Exactly. So it's just, you know, kind of a lucky space to be in at the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think everything has its purpose and, and it, it allowed me to kind of go on my journey and figure out, you know, life and, and what matters and what's important and, and, you know, what doesn't matter and how, how to play the game. So I was really lucky with that. So it sounds like you ran that for... 10 years or yeah. 12 years? Yeah, full of years, yeah. yeah. So it was good. And then I got I got back in the nutrition space. Uh, again, after that, you know, I saw a need for some ultra-premium products, like with uh, regards to protein bars and stuff like this. And so I started a company called AMRAP Nutrition. We're pretty popular in the CrossFit space. And uh, You started that? Mm -hmm, yeah. I've, I've bought some of that. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. AMRAP, because... Yeah, it's good stuff, man. So you were big into CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's so crazy. That's mm -hmm. it. Really interesting. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was popular. I went to the one. There was a city here, and for our international listeners, international, we can give you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's the the one in Meridian is what I went mm -hmm. to, and you know the at the time I think I went for six or seven years, but like oh eight to like 2012, CrossFit was like very immersive. Oh yeah. You know, and all the terms in CrossFit, a lot there's a lot of spinoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. Like work out of the day and AMRAP yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, that that was good. Did you ever try the protein bars when you had those? I think that's what I had. Those were fantastic. I was really proud of those. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Is that still going? You know, or I still own it. Mean? And during COVID, so I had that thing. Obviously, getting sick, I didn't have the mental bandwidth to to do it. Like, uh, like I I literally sleep like three hours a night, and I couldn't drive a car for a while. Like I was like a vegetable, guys. Like I just sat in a chair and like thought I was dying. And so luckily the way I had the business structured was, was 99% automated. It took, you know, literally an hour a month to, to operate. And, and so I kept that automated through, um, while we're in central America. And then when COVID hit, uh, it, it messed up our supply chain really bad. And then as a result, it, it, it messed up our Amazon listings. And, and I'll be honest, like, I'm just not that passionate about the supplement space anymore, you know, and, and I, I got a couple offers to buy it from me and I just, it wasn't life changing money. And I'm, I'm like, I'd rather have it and no, because I, I'd hate for like an investment group to buy it and then just put the, you know, the crap creatine coming from China that all, you know, 80% of the companies use, you know, and, and just garbage products and, and start selling my customer base like you that, you know, have used it in the past, be like, Oh, this is premium stuff. And now it's not premium stuff. Yeah. It's fiery high margin. And it's going to be a flash in the pan, make an investment group, a bunch of money. And it, it just, it just wasn't worth it. So I still own it, but, uh, I, I'm in the process of just shutting it down hundred really? percent. Like, yeah, we have some inventory that's about to expire and, and, you know, it, it's one of those bittersweet things, but, but I, I, I'm really grateful because now I'm on a much different journey. And I think, uh, this next chapter of mine is, is allowing me to touch and inspire a lot more people. And that's where, where my focus is now at this new season in life. You know, I want to see, you know, how much impact I can have and, and, and I want to take the actions and do the moves necessary to, you know, it sounds crazy saying it, but I, I, I want to raise the frequency of the earth. You know, I want to mm. help everyone vibrate a little bit brighter and, and do those things on their bucket list and not get stuck in a situation where they think they had more time and, and didn't, take that fishing trip with their kid or, or didn't, you know, go do that adventure with their wife that they've always wanted to do. So, yeah. so that's, that's my new mission that I'm on. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this next chapter yeah. that you're on because it's, a, it's impacted me and uh, I've had great time following along with you. Um, so for our listeners that haven't checked you out yet, definitely go check them out. But it, it sounds like, so you're in this state of being sick, not knowing what's ahead for you, you this autoimmune thing, yeah. you know, you felt like a vegetable you put together a bucket list. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. And then you say, I'm going to go do it or what's the process so, there? So prior to that, I always had a bucket list and people that used to work with me, they, they, they confirmed this. Like I had it actually printed in a frame and it sat on my desk right in front of me. And I mean, it had, I have, I don't know, 7,500 things on it. Right. I think it's a hundred actually. I think I forced myself to put a hundred things on my bucket list and it sat there framed, right? Like right in front of me. And so I'd see it all the time. And so, you know, when I had an opportunity, I'd, I'd do it, but obviously, you know, young kids and, you know, business and you know, other distractions and other life, like, you know, wasn't making it happen. And, and I, I came across that and now healthy, I'm like, dude, I'm going to do everything on my bucket list. And I'm just going, I, I just go 
vlog it, man. I'm going to videotape this thing while I do it. And, 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 you know, I'm going to keep my family, my, uh, YouTube episodes, super family friendly. So you feel comfortable to safe watch it with your kids and, and, you know, the kids that don't have a good male role model in their household. Like I, I want to be that real male role model for you, you know? So, uh, you know, I, and I, I think we need more of that. You know, we need good, strong men that, that have, you know, high morals and high values to, you know, help educate and, and lead the next generation. And so instead of, you know, and that's, that's what I'm doing guys. So I'm, you know, and wow. Yeah. So, so do you go to your wife and say, Hey, I'm going to get a <laughs> Ford Raptor. Did you have the Raptor before? Yeah. yeah so I had, uh, I had a 2018 Raptor Okay. and then I sold that actually. I, yeah. I sold that when, when we moved to Costa Rica and then when I came back, it's during COVID and I got, you know, I'm on the Ford's email list and, and I got this uh, email. It's like, you know, obviously COVID everything, you know, the economy screeched to a halt. And it's like, they had all these 2020 Raptors and they're selling them for, I don't know, 10, 15 under MSRP, get out, which really? now you try to get one. They're like 50 over right, MSRP. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm like, dude, I'm going to go and get a Raptor. Yeah. And so I, I, I picked up a 2020 and, and you know, it's, it's perfect. You know, I've had sports cars in the past and I mean, that thing handles like a sports car. You can put it in four low and climb over literally any mountain range in America. And I yeah. say that with authority because I've done it. I've That's seen right. it. <laughs> You've seen it. And and then at the same time, you can, you know, throw your wife's, you know, 35 pounds of shoes and luggage and kids' skateboards and scooters and all that stuff in the back and hit the highway at 80 miles an hour and go yeah. on a road trip. So it's... So yeah. how did you pitch this to your wife? You know... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say the story and you're going to think like, no, that's not true, Ron. It can't be like, it was early September, not even early September, probably like September 9th, something like this. And I'm, it's a Saturday and I'm taking a nap and I, I wake up and I look out the window and it's like all sunny. And I'm like, I'm going to drive across the USA without using paved roads. Ah. And, and literally I left the house two weeks later and I don't even own any camping stuff, guys. Like I went to Cabela's, like I spent the next two weeks. Well, the week one I was figuring out like, cause I've heard about this trail in the past. Uh, it, oh, so this is an established there, route. There's an established route. A lot of guys do it on motorcycles, like enduro okay. sports. And, um, but I worked with a guy, he was, he was a Facebook ad buyer of mine and he, uh, and he showed me a picture one time, like on Skype. He's like, dude, check out my brother just got a Raptor and he outfitted and he had this big stainless steel, like pull out drawer and kitchen and all this stuff. He's like, yeah, he's going to spend the next three months with his girlfriend driving this Transamerica trail, like all off road across the US. And I'm like, dude, that's crazy. That planted the seed years ago for this. And so, so this is an idea that had been somewhat just in the back of the you. brain. Yeah, it's okay. somewhat introduced to me and it just festered in the back of the brain forever. And so uh, I just decided, I'm like, you know, timing's never going to be right. Like I got lots of stuff going on. Like this could take a month, you know? And, and so I, I, I literally, I went to Cabela's, you know, bought a sleeping bag and a Garmin mini inReach and, and, you know, a little stove and a couple other little things. And, and if you watch the video, you'll see I'm, I'm simple. I mean, there's not, yeah. th this is not a big overland setup with a rooftop tent. I mean, I'm sleeping in the cab of the truck with my dog and, uh, it's, 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 it's comical, yeah. but, but, uh, so then, yeah. I, so, I, so where is the route? Like describe that route. And so, so the route, most of the people, the route is actually mapped out east to west travel. And so uh, I was able to find a route and then I, I, I manipulated it quite a bit, you know, to suit my needs, uh, you know, obviously driving a full size truck and stuff. The, uh, so I started in Port Orford, Oregon, okay. and it crosses through Oregon and then cuts like, and then you, you have kind of the choice whether you go north through Idaho or through Nevada. And then it, it, the and you chose Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then the trail meets up again, like South of Salt Lake city. And then just basically cuts through, you know, you go over the Rocky mountains, you go over the 13,000 foot passes and all on dirt roads, all on dirt roads. You can get from the Pacific ocean to the Mississippi river. I, I, I can say it very confidently. It, it 98, 99% 
off-road the entire way. Uh, I mean, in terms of miles and yeah. 99% time and 98% of miles. Uh, because, you know, you, there'll be a, there's a little section, uh, you know, going through one of the valleys of Colorado that you just, it, it's paved. There's no way around it. But it's, I'm talking... 20 miles, right, right. you know, there's a couple little spots like that, but, and then I would, I would come across the town every, every few days and I'd fill up on gas and supplies and food for the dog and, and, you know, ice and whatever else I needed. Your dog, what was the name? Coda. Coda. So did Coda have an option to not go on? <laughs> Coda's like, okay, he just jumps in the car one day and he's like, <laughs> I guess not back. returning until. You know, I, I'm not going to give it away, but there, there's a point, if you watch my series, it's a 28 day YouTube series. Yeah. And, and there's a point where the dog no longer likes road trips. <laughs> and, and she was sad and depressed for for yeah. a while. You'll have yeah. to, you know, take take a guess at how many days that is. But, yeah. but it, it, it will happen, even in the best of dogs. I could just imagine the dog's like, all right, we're going on a little day trip. No big deal. <laughs> And then, yeah, like a month later, walks in. He's like, "Do not let me get in that car again. <laughs> never like, again. Yeah. Never again." But uh, and, and the dog was fantastic, man. Like uh, for you know, she's she's a trained a trained Czech Shepherd. It's like what the police and military use. And and you know, I have a buddy that's a canine officer, and so he kind of helped guide me. And you know, when I'd get stuck with different training issues with the dog when she's a puppy, and 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 the dog was fantastic. Like you know, I have a story one night. I, I like to stealth camp, you know, where you're all by yourself in the middle of nowhere. Obviously, Oregon has some drug issues, and there's a lot of drug activity mm. in the middle of nowhere in Oregon, unfortunately. And uh, and so I, I, I'm very, you know, I, I like to camp where someone's not going to find me, you know, at night so I can sleep comfortably knowing like, I'm not going to have to wake up and have to deal with anything. And so as I'm driving on the dirt road, it's kind of sagebrushy. It's like rolling mountains and, and there's not like a lot of forested area and it's pretty open, but super, super remote. Like no one, I drove for a long time. and didn't see anybody. And so I, I noticed with my windows down, I could see, you know, about 40 feet away from the road, you know, just with my headlights, you know, and, and so I, I, I backed up probably 400 yards off the road, uh, just in the sagebrush, you know, and, and, uh, I'm, I'm sound asleep and, and all of a sudden, the dog starts growling in, in the middle of the night. And it's like 3.30, 4 in the morning, maybe. And uh, and she starts growling. And, and so I pop up, and I, I sleep with my sunroof open. And I got a huge floodlight in the car. And, and so I pop out thinking there's going to be like a herd of elk or something. And so I spot all the way around me. Didn't see any elk. And and I lay back down, and, and I'm thinking, oh, there must have been a coyote, you know, in the sagebrush or something. And, and she keeps growling, keeps growling. And then I kid you not, like two or three minutes later, which is a long time, all of a sudden, headlights come up over the hill. Like, oh, and this yikes. is this wow. is this is like I have half mile away, like a long ways away and maybe even closer to a mile away. I mean, it's a distance. All of a sudden I see headlights in the distance coming. I'm like, Oh, good dog. Like, I can't believe you could hear that from, Oh my gosh. Like, and, and she's, I, I really believe the dogs have a sixth sense. I think we have it too. And a lot of times either, either with, you know, uh, substances being caffeine or, or what have you, you know, I think we, we doll out that sixth sense. Uh, but, but dogs have it really strong. And I think if you lean into yours, you, you, you know, when you're in a good situation or not, but so, so she's growling and I see this car come and I'm watching it and then it gets right in front of me. So now it's like directly on the road where I'm at and stops. And I'm like, that's weird. Like, this is a weird spot to stop. I mean, you know, you're driving. And it's weird that you're out here driving at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. And and so I'm holding the dog's mouth shut. And she's just all of her muscles are tensed up. And she's pissed. And But the sunroof's open. I'm thinking, these guys have their window down. She starts barking. They're going to hear her. Like, right now, they, they can't see me. And and they sat there for, I mean, it felt like, it, it's 10 minutes, but it felt like an hour and I'm wondering and I can see them because they have their headlights on their taillights on and so I could see if anyone comes around the passenger side and walked around the vehicle and I could see if the driver's door would open but and they just sat there for the longest time I'm like dude am I going to see these guys 
you know, do something and just by the universe wanted me to see it? Like, yeah, are they going to yeah, get out yeah. and execute some dude and like bury him or like what the hell's going on? And, and then they, they drove off and I'm like, <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never we'll know. Never I mean, know. I, wow. I, I I have a theory. I think it was elk hunting season, and oh. then 2020 hindsight, I think they're probably poaching, and they, I think they probably had uh, night vision, and so they're probably driving, and then also you know spotting like the the hillside with using night vision, and uh, and then they saw a truck up there, and they're probably thinking, what the hell's that guy doing? Oh. And they're looking at me, looking back at him through the windshield, you know. So, uh, and that was th- Central Oregon. That that was yeah, the Central uh, Eastern Oregon. Like Central Eastern Oregon is bare, deserted, like yeah. not. Very remote. Very, very, remote. very remote. Yeah. Like incredibly yeah. remote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and we, I had a couple other, you know, things happen that were, you know, uh, that, 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 you know, and I kept my, I kept my YouTube channel very family friendly. So I, I didn't talk about, you know, uh, a couple other instances that I had that were, were a little bit on the sketchy side where. Do you feel safe during that time? I mean, you have a dog with you, but. I have a dog, you know, and obviously I've taken other, you know, precautions, you know, where, where. I, I would have been fine, yeah. you know, but, um, yeah, but I mean, it was, it was alarming. I mean, you're yeah. out there in the middle of nowhere with, you know, tricky people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, and you know, it, it could be, it could be a little well, bit I sketchy. Mean, so as far as like cell service and emergency response, there, there's just not, you're, you're any, by yourself. Yeah. I mean, I had a Garmin inReach, which is great. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that trip solo without that. And so my, my wife, you know, kept a pretty close eye on, made sure I'd move, it was moving constantly. And, and if I was in the one spot for too long, like I'd get a message, be like, Hey, everything good. You know? And, and I, I know if I didn't respond timely, like I would, you know, a helicopter would be showing up. She, she's a determined woman. And I'm sure yeah. she'd be, be making the right phone calls to, uh, uh, get people there in a timely manner. But, um, and yeah, bless her soul, man. I scared the crap out of her one night. So this was a day 11 and I, I was outside of Moab and, and I, I called her, I, I, I actually had cell phone service. And so I called her. I'm like, Hey, you got me on GPS, right? She said, yeah. And she's watching minions with the kids. Right. It's like, you know, 11 o'clock and 10 30 at night, something like this. And, uh, I'm like, okay, watch me. I'm like, if I don't call you back in 15 minutes, send help. And I, I'm like, I gotta go. And I, I hung up. So I, I got myself in this predicament climbing up this hill and I had a cliff about 2000 feet down on one side and I had to do a U-turn or not like not a U-turn, but like a 15 point turn to turn around on top of this platform that was about as big as this office guys. It was 20 feet by 10 feet. Maybe if you watch day 11, you'll see where I'm parked at. And I went up on top of that little plateau and turned around so I could drive out of there the next day. And, and, uh, so she's watching me on GPS and you know, sometimes GPS will bounce and like the location will bounce a little bit. And so she's watching it and she sees I'm on a cliff. She's like, Oh hell no. And then all of a sudden <laughs> the GPS location bounced oh, and all like of a sudden it, it showed that I was, you know, you know, a half mile away on the other side of that cliff. And she's like, Holy shit. Did I just see my husband? <laughs> fall off a cliff. And so she called me and I'm like, I can't talk busy. Call you back in a minute. I mean, I was stressed, but, but it was, you know, it turned out to be amazing. I mean, I woke up on the most beautiful, you know, hilltop in the, and I, I spent, I think until noon there the next day, I just didn't want to leave. It's just absolutely amazing. And, and I, you know, countless stories like that. Do you mind talking more? I, so I'm really interested in your prep. Yeah. Cause you said it was like a two week turnaround Mm -hmm. time. And, and you seem like a guy that's like on the fly, let's go, I'm ready, yeah. right? I mean, a lot of people would take years to plan that type of thing and really like, you know, every day and what you need. Yeah. And you're just like grabbed a few 
Gogurts on the way and just took off. Yeah, yeah, you know, I uh, canned fish, sardines, sardines, oh, canned oysters, man, <laughs> canned pears, and I'm out uh, about a week's worth of salmon. And I had like, dude, I ate so much. But uh, so yeah, I, I literally I got a couple Tupperwares, filled them up with um, canned food. I I, I got a uh, used my father-in-law's cooler and filled that up because my my dog's on like a raw diet, so she just eats like raw chicken and stuff. So that has to stay cold. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even needed a cooler to be honest. Yeah, and. Um, uh, grab that, a little stove so I can make coffee in the morning. I went to Walmart and I grabbed two, I believe they're either five or six gallon big water jugs. And, uh, and, and, you know, so I had, you know, amp- because you're in the desert alone. Like that's the one thing that you go, you know, you, you don't want to be stuck in an environment where, where you don't have water out yeah. there. I mean, obviously here in Idaho, if you spend any time in the wilderness, you have, you know, basic survival, you know, knowledge, but, um, yeah. And, and it was, it was two weeks and I'm, I shipped off and, and went out there and I never even camped by myself before this trip. Well, and so do, do you feel like you have survival skills? I mean, do you feel unprepared you know, or I've, like, I've read a book, <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. you've watched some bear girls. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched bear girls yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and, you know, I, I, I think, I think a lot of it's common sense. I mean, if, if you have to be careful when you're doing risky things and, and there's, there's several spots that were, you know, and I have a, a fairly high risk tolerance and, and I'm, I'm pretty good under, under pressure and, and in environments like that. And so, um, you know, and, and then back to the questions, like if it takes a year of plan, if you're going to give yourself a year to prepare for this trip, it'll take a year to, to get ready, right? If you give yourself a week, it'll take a week to get ready. Yeah. It's like, what's there, the, the, that principle has a name, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, that's how I like to do things, you know, just with life, you know, give yourself a very short window of time and just, just execute, just make it happen and, and just get going. Like the timing will never be right. And if, if, if you give yourself too long of a time horizon, it's just too many variables that you can't control come up, you know, next thing you know, you, you know, your kid breaks an elbow or something skateboarding and, and, you know, and there goes your trip, right? Yeah. You know, versus if you're on your trip, you can just come back and take care of the kid. Yeah. So so, That's interesting. What about off-roading experience? You had to have some, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm good at off-roading. My my 2018 Raptor, um, you know, I I I didn't feel comfortable selling it private party, and so I I, I gave it to a dealer. <laughs> you oh. know that you and, and and I'll say I tried to destroy that 2018 Raptor. They are non-destroyable guys. Yeah. Like I uh, and I have a buddy that's a big off-road enthusiast, and so um, an old friend from from CrossFit. And so when he saw that on Facebook that I got a Raptor, he's like, "You got to come out with me." Yeah. And and he taught me everything I I know. And then I went to a, um, a Ford Raptor off-road race driving performance. School cool. And so, so that, that taught some other stuff as well. And, um, I keep telling my buddy, you know, you guys should have him on here. He's a fantastic, he has a fantastic story. Uh, Aaron Miner, he's, you know, former law enforcement. I know Aaron Miner. Oh, okay. Yeah. SWAT, SWAT officer. He, yeah. His, his Jeep, uh, what's his, do you know his, his Instagram? Off? Dragon I Gladiator. Do, I don't, huh? Dragon Gladiator on Instagram is a big, uh, uh, Jeep. Um, what's, what's it called? Enthusiast or? No, what? no. You know, it's, uh, the, the, Man, my brain just skipped me. Anyways, he has a huge built-out Jeep, you know, the 40-inch wheels on it and awesome. And so so we go out quite a bit, and he, he showed me a lot on recovery and, you know, how to, how so to get you, out of situations. So to get through what you did, I mean, how knowledgeable do you need to be in off-roading? Is it like, okay, this is expert level advanced, or it's like, okay. You, you, it's choose your own adventure, right? So at the beginning when I left Port Orford, it was, you know, gravel roads. And you can take a Subaru down gravel roads forever and not have an issue. Um, I had a situation where some guys were following me after I drove through a drug camp in the middle of the night. And, and I had to put in four low and climb up to the top of a mountain to get away from them. You know, wow. and so that takes a different set of skills. Uh, and in Colorado, on the 
Yeah. Snow. The snow. Was that in Colorado? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was Colorado on day 13. That was that was epic. That um, was watching that. I yeah. don't want to give too much away, I, but I, if you watch day 13, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I wish that um, we had video of me getting out of that situation because I was basically for the for the listeners, I was I was sliding sideways down a hill. So every every foot that I drove forward, I'd slide two feet sideways, and oh. then the hill continued to get steeper the farther down I went. And so I, I, I got in this really sticky situation. There's some other Jeeps in the area, and I had, a, I had to go off trail to get around one after, and I, after using myself as an anchor point to winch him up to me. And, uh, and so, so unfortunately, the other Jeep guy, he thought, everyone thought I was going to die. And so uh, they turned off their cameras trying to figure out how to get recovery ropes to try to secure I, me. I thought you were going to die. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and uh, um, so I, I took off, and well, I stopped there right when the cameras, they saw me stop, and they're like, okay, we better hook this guy up. And they all took off, and the guy filmed and stopped his camera. And, um, uh, but what I was doing, I was taking off traction control and I was putting it four high. And this is something I learned, you know, off-roading with, with miners that, you know, the, the Raptor has so much horsepower, you know, if, if it's not working in four low, man, you take off traction control, throw that thing in four high and just, you could just burn out of anything. And so what ended up happening, I gave that thing full power and I pointed, it got, it was able to get my nose pointed upwards. And so the gravity is obviously sliding me down the hill, but you know, I have enough power that's dragging me up the hill. And so now I'm crab walking at a 45 yeah, degree angle like, across the side of this mountain. Uh, and then, and a whole bunch of other guys saw it. Some other guys came by on, on dirt bikes that had like metal studs in them. They go dirt biking in this, you know, frozen tundra of Colorado. I mean, just pretty cool guys. And, uh, and they saw it. They're like, my gosh, that was amazing. You're the only one out here that knows how to drive. And, but unfortunately like the video clip ends and so you never see me get out of it. So like that video went viral on Instagram and it's like, I got hot hundreds if not thousands of comments being really? like learn yeah. how to drive princess you know oh, like come God. on guys yeah, i got out of it like anyone else who would have rolled their truck all the way down the hill wow. so that was that was pretty cool i wouldn't even have gotten in the truck i mean just watching it just i mean it looks like the wheels are gonna buckle right well, you, like you're it, sliding the down. car almost rolls over yeah. i mean you see it like yeah the wheels are buckling i yeah. mean it was it was steep it was very steep i would have had very wet pants yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fine. So how many video cameras did you have going? So I, I had two GoPros and uh, my iPhone, actually. Yeah. So that's that's how I used it. And this was my first YouTube journey, and I just wanted to see, like, you know, I'm obviously, I'm pretty frugal. I'm pretty minimalist, and, and you know, I don't like stuff. And That's why um, you bought a Ford Raptor. <laughs> exactly. You, you, I always tell people, I'm like, you can sleep in your car, but you can't drive your house, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, so I, I, you know, th that's, that's my setup and I just wanted to see how it would turn out. And, and, uh, I hired a fantastic editor, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I went through the process, you know, through that process of hiring and f unfortunately firing about 15 or 20 editors oh. until I found, wow. I found my guy, um, Tom, which is epic, you know? And, and so I, I was really fortunate with him and, and, uh, and I think we have a long journey in the YouTube space ahead of us. And this is all after you get back, I'm guessing. Yes. Once you get the footage, mm -hmm. Hey, we got to find an editor to do this. Yeah. Um, walk us through a little bit, kind of what that's like. Yeah. Um, you, you go on this trip, you bring back footage. Now what's the plan going forward? So yeah, it, it's one of those things where I was like, man, I wish I could plan ahead more than a day and a half, you know, but, but so I, 
along my trip, I brought a hard drive and I and my laptop with me, and so I made sure I had multiple backups of the footage, um, both that I'd keep in the car and then one I'd keep on my body. Like you know, I got a hotel a couple nights. After mm. a while, you need a shower. Yeah. You know, for me, my number is about seven days. You know, <laughs> and and so uh, you know, I'd make sure to bring a copy of all my footage in the hotel with me in case you know, heaven forbid, the truck got stolen or something. Yeah. And so because that that was obviously very really valuable to me. I set up one camera on the top of the truck and I time lapsed the entire thing uh, from day seven onward. Uh, prior to that, I had you know just little clips of time lapse, and that that was an idea. I had cell phone coverage, and I was talking to you know people on Instagram. They're like, dude, you should time lapse the entire thing. And so whoever gave me that suggestion, you know, I forgot forgot who it was, but yeah. thank you. It worked. It, 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 looked, it looked good. Yeah, yeah. And, and what we're doing right now, actually, Tom's working on it today, is we're, uh, uh, so along my journey, every every day when I found the most beautiful spot I could imagine, I'd hide a golden banana because I wanted to create the world's largest treasure hunt. Was this was this planned ahead of time? <laughs> so it, it was, it was, that was like, I think six days before I left because I remember I bought them on Amazon and I was debating if I like pay the expedited shipping to get them. Yeah. Uh, Were they gold when you bought them or you spray paint them? Yeah, you, you'll have to go get one and find out. Okay. Uh, right? Yeah. We can't reveal everything. Yeah, yeah guys, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I wish, man. One day, you know, I'm going to put it on record right here. One day, when my YouTube channel blows up and I just like, I have, you know, ton of discretionary money, I'll make a solid golden banana and I'll hide it out. There you go. Yeah. I, I yeah. figure it'll probably cost about 400 grand. So, but <laughs> how rad would that be? Like, yeah. you know, whether, whether I'm alive or dead, but yeah. like everyone's searching for this golden banana yeah. that some yeah. nut job I, hid. I don't think Mr. Beast has done anything like that. You know, well, yeah. there was the one you, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this. You know, that there's an older gentleman who wanted to get people out. So Forrest he hit Finn. it. Yeah. He so hit I, a treasure. I, I and, searched for that dude's oh, treasure yeah. for day, for you hours, did. months, years. I spent years searching for that guy's treasure. People and, died looking yeah. for it. You know, yeah. Like some people, they, those guys are going to end up drinking paint or, you know, doing <laughs> something stupid anyways, yeah, said, though, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, you have, <laughs> you're, you're 80 pounds out of sh overweight and you decide to like get a inner tube and go down the Colorado river with your right. dog. Like, bro, like I, Maybe we should edit that sure. out. I don't know. I feel, I feel, you know, because that happened, you yeah. know. And well, I, you know, and the, the the guy that found it said he found it based on the poem, but people are sort of suspicious that he found it because Finn was about to die and he wanted it found before he died. No, I think, I and think that's Finn what had, the controversy had, was. So I, I studied, I, when that came out, I, I stumbled across that and I, I watched and searched and I listened to every podcast from Forrest Finn and watched every, a hundred percent. There's not one clip from Forrest Finn out there that I did not watch. And, uh, uh, my understanding of him after seeing, you know, hundreds of hours of that, that man, his, his morals and ethics were really high. And if you study his business that he did down in, um, Santa Fe, New Mexico, he, he, he was an honest person. And I, I don't so think the that, gentleman that found it, found yeah, it. Based he he on found it fair and square. Yeah. I, 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 I really thought I found the location actually, uh, um, I'm not going to reveal where it was, but I, I, there was a there was a mark on a tree, or, you know, blaze. You know, that's like last. You know, once you find the blaze, look quickly down, and and there's a blaze, and, and it was really interesting because it was uh, in the Ute Indian territory, and Forsman was uh, mesmerized by by the Ute Indians, and and on the tree on the same tree below it, there was an old blaze that was you could tell like hundreds of years old, and then there was a new one. And I'm thinking that one is within the last 10 years and this one is a hundred years old and they're on all these trees. And so I, I, um, I got a special metal detector that go penetrate the ground pretty deeply, uh, because I, th I thought it was buried because he had other instances where he buried treasure. You know, he had like these bronze, um, 
of vases and he has like his life story or biography like rolled up and on like papyrus or whatever inside these things buried and he said and in one of his interviews he said he's oh no i buried those deep so a metal detector won't pick them up oh. but there's a certain metal detector you can get that penetrates like 10 feet down okay and so i, I bought one of these and i went i checked this area out with like a regular metal detector and i'm like oh, and then i saw that interview i'm like it's out there so i got this different metal detector and drove all the way out there and it's like a 15 hour drive guys from boise and so i drive out there you know and, and i check it and i nothing went off and so i started digging a hole like a trench like kind of up when you first see the blades going down to that tree and also when i get close to it the ground got really soft and i dug it out and someone chiseled i don't know if it's native american but like after the, you had the topsoil and the dirt and then afterwards when you got below that it was like hard sandstone and uh i, I have a picture i I'll, i don't know how to share it but um and the sandstone was chiseled out into a square into a square no. hole and and someone used a pick to chisel that out so someone was there prior and that wasn't so you know and and so i i saw this empty spot and i thought to myself i'm like you know if i found that i wouldn't really i wouldn't oh, disclose gotcha. that i found it because mm -hmm. i won't want to kill the hunt for anybody else and mm -hmm. so and that was my intent i you know and so after after i found that location i i retired as as a forest fin treasure hunter and and i'm sure he played a, a role in this and mm -hmm. and he'll play a role when i hide my solid gold banana <laughs> at a future date passed on the legacy yeah, how cool is that, right? Like you That's get all these totally, people yeah. out there, and I mean, we had fantastic stories with my kids and wife, and you know, camping out there and doing stuff, and yeah. you know, I mean, it, we had a great, great. So, what, what was your goal with the golden with the bananas? So, so it just came up out of nowhere. Like we're eating breakfast as a family one day, and 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 I, I'm talking to my kids, and they're like, you know, I'm like, maybe we should like hide something like create a geocache yeah. or you know probably you know something like this because we love doing that type of stuff and then one of my kids like he's like you're like a big dumb monkey dad like you should get a bunch of bananas and hide bananas and i'm like oh dude that's awesome let's do it and so that was it you know we got some ammo cans and yeah. and some golden bananas and, and they're out there and and if uh we're releasing all the gps locations here later this week oh yeah uh, for for all 28 locations and uh uh with the exception of one i actually i'm i have one location on day 12 i found the most beautiful spot hidden gold banana and then i realized i made a mistake you know a handful of hours later i, I came over mountain range and i found honestly the most beautiful spot in the entire united states and uh, so I, that's a separate location. I'm going to share that GPS location with you guys here, and and if so, it'll only be shared on podcast interviews All that right. I do. Awesome. So uh, exclusive content exclusive. here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you just answered a question. Um, so I watched your series uh, at night before. So I have a 12 year old son, uh -huh. Jackson. Shout out to Jackson. What's up, Jackson? Yeah. Um, and so I said, Hey, I'm interviewing Banana Ron today. Do you have any questions for him? And he said, Did you ever hide a banana at the most beautiful spot? only to find a more beautiful spot later that day. That so it, it sounds day like 12. day 12, day 12. And so, uh, but yeah, here, while we're talking about, let me get that, that location for you guys and I'll read it off. Do a you mind if we post it in the oh, link? Do whatever you want to do with it. It's your guys's. Um, he also wanted to know what your favorite color is. Oh, you know, I got to go with green guys. Green. Just, yeah. <sighs> okay. That was Jackson. That's yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Two questions. Green. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So the GPS coordinates North 37 dot 81 23 zero nine. And then West 108.173095. This is the new location. This is the location for the, the, the super special fragilistic. I, I had a crazy name for it. <laughs> uh, but you, you guys can name it whatever you want. Go ahead and call oh, it the Founders there Banana. There you, you go. Know, I, yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, but yeah, so that, that, that was pretty cool. And, and so when the, yeah, so I, I'm excited about it. So all, all the GPS locations okay. will be coming out here pretty quick. All right. Check the links on YouTube and on, uh, I guess, Spotify. 
for the GPS location of the Founders Banana. Yeah. TM. Love that. That's yeah. awesome, man. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah. That's really cool. But kind of the idea was just give people an adventure. Yeah, yeah. And, and if when you do go banana hunting and become a banana people is what the, my, <laughs> the, my group of have, have named themselves the banana people. And yeah. so it's pretty cool. Like I released two locations so far up until this one. And uh, and the first location, the guys lived, for, it, it, it did exactly what I want to do. I wanted to create spontaneous action and I wanted to do something that create lifelong memories, right? Yeah. And so one of my viewers was in uh, Utah. I forgot I forgot what city is in Utah, but he's four hours away from Moab. So I, I published my video at 2 p.m., you know, his local time. He watched it about like four o'clock in the afternoon, grabbed his daughter, drove to Moab that night. They got in late. They got a hotel room and they got up early the next morning and they were at the banana location at 8 a.m. the next day. And so and and that was, you know, uh, that that is exactly what I want to do. I mean, that, that guy and his daughter, you know, they created, you know, lifelong memories, you know, doing just that. And then, uh, you know, hours later, I get another message from another guy. He's out there. And so, so if you're going banana hunting, you know, I just ask that you, you leave it for the next guy, you oh, know, okay, like gotcha. sign your name. If, if you have a little trinket or something you want to leave in the ammo can, like your mom's wedding ring or some stickers or, or whatever, <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> you know, go ahead and do so. I agree. You know what? Like take the time, go to a store, buy a cool yeah. rock, you yeah, know, like if yeah. a little kid's with you, you know, the next group and they find like a, a $10 rock, like that's going to be amazing, you know, yeah. and then, and then just pay it forward you know, sign your name and, uh, uh, you know, take pictures, but then take video and pictures of, of you doing it. And then at the end of the year, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create like kind of a, um, you know, uh, a, a, a video, you know, showing all the banana adventure that we, we created, yeah. you know, of all the families and people out there doing cool stuff. And I'll, I'll take your clips and you can yeah. just email that to yo at bananaron.com. Yo, bananaron.com. You've already posted some pictures, right? Of people that have found some. Yeah. Yeah. The two locations that I released, we, okay. uh, we're, we're toying with a couple of different ideas, you know, like on, on how to go about releasing them. And so I was going to release them one at a time. Like once one got found, I was going to release another one, but that's going to take way too long, you know, through yeah. summer. And it's just way too much work with in terms of editing and stuff. So we're, what we're doing, we're taking my time-lapse footage. We figure it's going to be like three or four hours, the entire trip. And uh, we're putting it all in one long video. So you're going to see, you can watch the time-lapse of off-road across the entire United States and like the geography changing. And then uh, we're just going to put the GPS locations easy to find in, in that time-lapse video. And we'll have it, uh, um, you know, put chapters on it by day or whatever. So you can be like, oh, I'm, I Are you going to do it hidden like you did in that one video? No, it was yeah. too hard, you know. And I, I, I found it. I, it was hard. It was I, hard. I, I never found them, man. My editor told me where they're at. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I had to stop, go back, yeah. but I found yeah. it. Yeah, and, and that was pretty cool, but that's just too much work. And there's yeah. a lot of guys that they don't have time to rewatch over and over. It's like, yeah. they just want the coordinates. They're big Jeep off-roading, overlanding guys. And they just, yeah. you know, hey, I, I want I want a kid to get this GPS coordinate, write it down and go to his dad be like, dad, we got to go here and get a banana. And then the dad's like, what are you talking about, yeah. you know, Jimmy? And then and then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go get your banana. Yeah. You know, and, and next thing you know, I get a picture of this dude, you know, and his son with holding the banana. And, and that would just make me, you know, knowing like, dude, that memory's going to last forever. Yeah. Like that dad is going to pass away one day. I'm going to pass away one day. That kid's going to tell his grandkids one day, be like, oh yeah, I went out, searched for this crazy dude's banana. I don't remember yeah. his name now, banana something, yeah. you know? And I'm like, that that's great, man. Just create memories. So leave the banana. Don't take it. Even if you weren't the first one to find it, go still look, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Even if you're not first, go find it. And then send picture to yo at bananaron.com. Yeah, send pictures or just upload all your pictures or videos to like a, you know, Dropbox or Google Drive yeah. or something. Send me the link to yo at bananaron.com and we'll download them and, and, uh, and anything or yeah, anything you get, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll upload and make a video out of it at yeah. the end of the year. That's cool. That's a cool program for sure. 
Um, so a question on like, as you were getting to the end of the trip, were you exhausted? Were you introspective? Oh, I mean, where, where so were you? Meant- man. I was so tired. I mean, just, I mean, when you're forced to have fun, like 12 hours a day, yeah. 18 hours a day, all day, it gets exhausting. Right No. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh no, well, it, it was, it was tiring. I'm I mean, sure it was a grind. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I'm living on adrenaline, you know, and you know, and you have, you know, different things happen throughout the day, you know, every when you're in our regular life pattern, right? Like, as you know, like being in the startup or the business world, like the more systemized you can make your day. So, you know, like, Hey, this is where I get my cup of coffee. Like, you know, I wore the same out. I, I still do basically like I'll buy like five of the same shirt and five of the same shorts. I have my uniform, man. It's like, you know, it's like, so I don't have to think about what to wear. And you hear guys yeah. like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and stuff like this doing that exact same thing as Steve jobs, you yeah. know, doing that exact same thing. So that, so then your brain has, it has the resources free to make decisions that matter. Like, Hey, do I, how do I deal with this client or how do I, how do I address this problem with this employee versus like, Oh, where am I going to get a coffee today? Or, Oh, this shirt is too tight. I don't like how this shirt fits. You're looking at a mirror, like, trying to figure out what shirt fits right. It's like, that's a waste of mental resources. Hmm. But if you're out there every day, you know, for 28 days straight and you don't know where your food's going to come from, you don't know what's going to happen in the middle of the night. You don't know where you're going to sleep. You don't know how you're going to find a secure place to sleep. And, and, and the list goes on and on. You know, I mean, there's a couple different times, you know, yeah, just, I mean, you're up and low on both adrenaline and fatigue and exhaustion that you get homesick. And yeah, by the end of the trip, man, I was tired. Like, and I wanted to make it back for uh, uh, Halloween for my kids. And so, so I, I, I had to kind of rush the last Where few days. Where was the final point, like, of the East Coast? Uh, Emerald Island, North Carolina. Okay. So I went out there with the dog, and we played in the we, we played in the Pacific Ocean 28 days prior. You know, the dog got all wet. I stayed out of the Pacific, and uh, I got my feet wet. And then as soon as I got to uh, Emerald Island, North Carolina, I think it, I think it was Jackson, North Carolina, is the bigger town that's okay. just south of there. And uh, there's, like, a big military base. It's a beautiful spot, guys. But I got out there. You know, I'm wandering around in the ocean 28 days later with the dog. And and, uh, and then I turned around. I stayed at a hotel that night, and I made it home in 36 hours. You just drove straight on straight, the freeway. Straight, drove every waking hour. And, and I, I sleep better in my truck at that point than hotel rooms. I'd pull into a hotel parking lot, sleep, sleep in the parking down. lot, grab you know, eat a can of fish and pears for breakfast <laughs> and uh, jump in the car and get going. And uh, I made it back in 36 hours. Wow. Uh, I think I heard you say you you didn't listen to music. No, is that right? No, I'm an amazing singer actually. Yeah, so. it shows on the <laughs> on the channel, <laughs> right? Yeah, so yeah, no, I'm a horrible singer. Is man. there like a soundtrack available? You for know, I, I, I wish, man. Even my editor hates my singing so much; he cut it all out <laughs> except for one clip. But no, I just sing to the poor dog all day. But yeah, no, I I just you know I I, I like having all the windows down, all four windows down, um, and and just just enjoying the nature. You know, I feel like the music oh, you know messes up. You put me on a highway. You know, by myself, I'm I'm rocking out. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine. I mean, just me driving. I haven't done this trip, obviously, but you know, driving from here to Salt Lake or whatever, or you know, six to ten hour drive it, wherever you go, you get tired, uh-huh. right? You get bored. Is that what you face? I mean, I, were they boring long I, days? I was or? not bored for one second. It was because you're on off road the entire time, and it's so exhilarating. Like, there's one day I went over a mountain range in Nevada. And at the end of the day, I drove like 12 hours that day. I averaged nine miles an hour for the entire, or maybe it's it's 96 miles by the time the day was done. It's I think it's it's day uh, nine or six something. It's it's the early part of Nevada, and uh, because you know I'm in four low going up and over this mountain range. You know I'm at like four to five miles an hour climbing over boulders the whole day, and then coming down it was so steep going down it. I mean this is a goat trail right, 
And uh, it's so steep, and there's cliffs on both sides. You know, I had that thing on using downhill assist, which like mechanically slows down your vehicle, so you're not having to be on the brakes. And you could set it; it's like cruise control, but really low speeds. I had my cruise control set between one and a half and two miles, or three miles oh, an hour. Gosh, wow. You know, and and there was parts of that day where I'm going, you know, 80, 90 miles an hour on dirt road. You know, and but yeah. still, at the end of the day, like it was a 90 mile day after an entire day of driving. That was, that was a uh, that was big big day. So you're with your dog. But do you get lonely on the trip? You know, I, I got homesick about halfway through, but not not really. I mean, I, I, I'm so active in my own brain and talk to myself all day long. You're anyway. a positive guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you know, making just, dumb jokes. You're yeah, just, you exactly. know, whatever. I'm just having fun, man. I mean, you you stick me in, in the middle of anywhere with a flashlight or a, or a pocket knife. I'll be entertained for days. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a simple guy, you know? So, yeah, I had, I had a great time. Uh, one, it just made me think, you know, of you talking and going on this journey. One of the lines that you said, I'd never heard it. I mean, I've, we all have dads that say dumb dad jokes. We're dads. We say dumb dad jokes. But you would always say, man, you, you can tell that it's beautiful by the way it looks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. He's like, Dude, that, look at that mountain range. That's golden. Look at that. You can tell it by the way it looks. Yeah. Like, well, how else would you tell it? <laughs> exactly. That's, it was great. That was funny. Yeah. Did you ever have any mechanical breakdown issues or any, any issues with? No, the Ford Raptor is such an engineering marvel. Like, it, 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 it truly is. Like, like how I touched on earlier, I mean, you put a family of five in there, plus the full-size cab. You know, I have a full, I have a, you know, 75-pound dog that's laying at the kid's feet in the back of the truck. You know, a bed full of toys and luggage, and you can go down the freeway yeah. at any speed you want. And um, So the only issue, I was in Nevada, I want to say it was day eight. And uh, I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I heard some really bad sounding noises. And it sounded like it was mechanical-related. Uh, it turned out to be a rock that was stuck in my wheel between my caliber. Oh, okay. And so when I drive, it would, like, start clinking. Yeah. And I, I didn't see it at first. So, I, I mean, you know, obviously YouTube's heavily edited, you know, and, but I'm going back and forth trying to figure out what this is. I'm there with a the flashlight looking for stuff, you know, and, and then finally I see this rock about the size of a baseball stuck, you know, between my brake caliber and my wheel. And I'm thinking, dude, how am I going to get this thing out of here? And luckily mm. I was able to, you know, go back and forth enough times and it wore itself smaller and I just yeah. jabbed it with a knife the and it popped out. The thing that always worries me is when you're on a dirt road and you're going at a certain speed, Sometimes you can, there's like a dip or a bump or a, just a abnormality in that road that you can't see very well that, yes. that you just hit really hard. And then yes. you're like, okay, now we got a problem, right? Yeah, that yeah. would so, always worry me about that. So that, that happens. The Raptor eats that stuff up pretty good. Yeah. And so, and especially, you know, I, I'd have like 28 PSI in the tires, you know, on typically, you know, or, or even less depending on the type mm. of road, like the road I'm, I have kind of visually is probably 25 PSI. And I, I did hit something, you know, and I mean, you look at my skid plate, you know, the truck's out front, yeah. we'll go look at it. You know, I, I've hit things, you know, at high speed and, yeah. and it, and it rattles you, you know, I mean, it'll rattle your jaw and your brain a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, so that was, so I didn't ever have any mechanical issue. The one time I really got scared, it was a uh, day 10 and I was, it was, um, uh, what was it? North, Northwest of Moab, Utah, kind of by Green River. Beautiful area, by the way. And I'm driving down this, this, this super, super, it is a sketchy, not super sketchy, but it was a four low trail. And I was kind of in a rush. And I, 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 I did think it was going to be such a slow trail. And there are these drainages, they, you know, like from flash floods. And they, like the road was washed out, but just the way, you wouldn't see it like because I'm like climbing up like at a mild, you know, 3% grade or one, 2% grade. And then all of a sudden the hole, there'd be like a hole that's like as, 
the yeah. fourth of the size of my truck that had fallen. Mm. And so so I, it happened several times. And then just by fluke, I was like videotaping myself talking about how these these washouts are going to kill me. <laughs> and then right while I'm videotaping, I fall into one. Oh, and, and I mean, yeah. I hit the side of my truck on the wall. Like, I mean, I fell deep. Yeah, it was, you said if you would have had your arm out the window. I would have lost it. I would have lost it. And that's and that's the thing. Like, you know, you have to be careful when you're doing risky things, you know? And so, like, hey, kids, don't drive with your hand out the window. It looks stupid. You know? <laughs> it's like, same with you put your feet on the dash, man. You know what would happen? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. like the firefighters aren't going to be able to figure out how to put you back together. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, but um, but that that was that was scary. And uh, um, that day, so after, this never made the final cut. But after that, after that moment when I fell in there, you know, I pulled forward. I had water leaking in the back. Well, I forgot to close my uh, tailgate. And so I drove through that entire area, super sketchy, not not sketchy, but it was very, very slow going, four low. I drove for, I don't know, an hour and a half. And I stop and I all of a sudden get out, you know, just like take some filming or get fill up my water bottles or something. And all of a sudden I realized my tailgate's open and I lost my trash can. It's like a five oh, gallon container. Yeah. And I'm like, it's stupid, but the trash, the trash can, one, I'm not going to leave tra- garbage out there, but, but two, like, the way I had everything cinched in there, that it was it was necessary so my water containers wouldn't fall over, and I needed a trash can. And so I'm like, man, I had to turn around and go find that uh, trash can, and that was that was pain. brutal. And yeah. so I'm like, I was so grumpy by the time I got off that trail. Yeah. But it was it was awesome. It was a really amazing experience. And I was really fortunate to be able to do something like this. So these these stories are incredible, Ron. They're really awesome. I'm I'm curious what you want to do with them moving forward, like, what do you want? I mean, you've talked about inspiring people go out and is this kicking off a new journey to continue checking boxes off of your bucket list and inspiring more people that way? Or what are your thoughts? Yeah. I'm going to spend the next year. I decided, um, uh, focus hundred percent on YouTube and, and creating YouTube content. And so, uh, and, and just see where it goes from there. You know, I mean, I think, um, you know, I got really lucky. Like, you know, if you, if, if on the business side of YouTube, it can be really interesting yeah. and you can create some really cool impact and, uh, and you can do a lot of good with it. And I think like, you know, I touched on earlier, I'm like, I think that's the biggest microphone that I, that, that, uh, that I have that could, you know, help me reach and, and, you know, inspire and touch as many people as I want to touch. And, and then at the end of the day too, it's like, man, if I could figure out how to get compensated, do the stuff on my bucket list, that's awesome. And so we have a couple more trips planned. I, I'm just trying to figure out the dynamics and scheduling and, and stuff like this. But I, I going through this, I, I the seed was planted. I'm like, wonder if I drive around the entire world? And I'm like, so I was going to go drive across Europe this summer with my family. Uh, tickets are crazy. So we'll probably do that in the fall. And and that's easy. You know, Europe's you know safe. But I'm like, dude, you know, I got to make it interesting. Like anyone can drive across Europe. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to drive across Europe with my wife and three kids, and I'm not going to use maps. <laughs> so oh so no maps, man. <laughs> okay. It's going to be are awesome. You, are you planning on All staying right. married? He's going to do like circles. <laughs> I'm going to do circles. I'm going to do circles. Coda's like, I'm not coming. Yeah, Coda's Coda's done. The wife is nervous. The kids <laughs> the kids are a hard no, but they get to come whether they like it or not. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe we'll set up like a GoFundMe or something like that for my wife's yeah. wine fund. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, so, so when your wife says, I think you should get out and ask directions, are you going to do that? Oh, yeah. no, man. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I, and I, I think it's going to be fairly easy. And we're starting in Lisbon, Portugal. And then, you know, you, you can figure out which way is north and south easily, right? And long as I can make it to, which I'll be able to drive east until I hit the Mediterranean. And then I'm going to just kind of hug the coast until I get to Venice, Italy. I mean, I'm sure I'll get lost wow. a couple times. And, wow. and uh, But I think 
think that'd be cool. Then I figured, I was looking at the map, I was kind of showing my kids like the globe the other day, and we're kind of looking at my trip. And then I was looking at, oh, we'll go across Europe, and that'd be a really fun trip. Like, we, there's a lot of things we want to see over there. And then, uh, and then I realized, I'm like, dude, if I'm in Venice, Italy, like, that's really close to going through. Uh, you know, then I'll probably go back and do the Middle East by myself. I don't want to take my family, you know, on, on that one. And but I, I, I want to drive through Iran. I think Iran would be cool. You know, I mean, cool is an interesting way to describe Iran. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. if you're respectful of the fact that it's a Muslim country and that y- and y- you take precautions with safety and driving and, and you don't. You just don't be stupid. You're going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, you know are we I mean? are we shipping the Raptor you know, across the and Atlantic? The dog. I, I, Coda's not good. Coda's like, I'm Coda's not going. Like, like, I'm done. I'm out. I've well, done my time. She's a Czech. Oh, that's she, right. Yeah, yeah back to her homeland. There she, you go. That's she, a good point. She's five years old, man. We should take her back there and you know find her a boyfriend. Check her. And, you know, so. <laughs> so these so are your side, side note, though, my brother has a Czech German Shepherd. The same. A male. Male. That's let's let's have let's arrange a date, man. That'd be fantastic. Dude, what, what's okay. his name? Uh, Rico. Rico. Yeah, so like a trained dog. Like yeah. we could talk about it after, but oh, it's really interesting. That's my the, my father in law is a former police officer. Uh-huh. Right, they black. Had a black yeah. was the dog. You, dude, your your father in law bragged all the time. He's like, I my house will never get toilet papered. <laughs> like it never <laughs> yeah, yeah, will yeah. get toilet papered ever because <laughs> I have this police dog. It's going crazy out. how obedient they are. Oh, they're amazing. Well, yeah. I mean, if Coda could spot a car over the hill, <laughs> like it's well, two you miles. can see in the videos where you're just giving commands and she knows what to do. That's yeah. awesome. And then we took her. You know, we when we moved to Central America, we took her down there with us, obviously. Yeah. And that I had a great great story on that. So I was on a beach in Panama. And there's like a homeless guy living on the beach. And I think because we're white, you know, he wanted us to pay a fee to go on his beach or something. And uh, and I, I wasn't about to pay his fee. And so he's yelling. He's getting really agitated and really aggressive towards me. And I tell my wife and kids, I'm like, you guys, get go ahead. Get away from this guy. And I'm like, I'll just keep between you and him. And so I said, they go walking away. And they're a couple hundred yards away. And I'm keeping about 10 yards away from this guy. And he keeps closing the gap. And I keep backing up. And I'm just ignoring him. Like, he's yelling and screaming at me in Spanish. And, and I don't speak enough to understand what he's pissed off about. But then there's like another, like, panic family like on the beach like a normal guy with his kids and wife i'm like hey man what's this guy's deal he's like oh he's crazy just ignore him i'm like i am i'm like but the problem is the dog's about to attack him the guy didn't know coda was behind him so this guy all of his energy oh, and gosh. hatred was like directed towards me and i'm backing up i'm not letting this guy in my blind spot you know i'm backing up away from him but then so i'm watching coda and she's pacing like a lion about 10 feet behind this guy just back and forth left and right left and right just, and you can just see the anger in her and she's oh, just gosh. she's just waiting because she they, they know the difference between normal behavior Right. I mean, you can go to your father-in-law's house with a police dog and you can wrestle him and play with him and high-five him or slap him on the butt or whatever, and the dog's not going to have an issue. You turn aggressive, that dog will eat you. And yeah. so, yeah. um, Coda, and, and you know, so the, I told the, the, the Panamanian family man, I'm like, hey, the dog's about to get him. And so he says something to the guy in Spanish, you know, about, yeah, Pedro is, muy mal, whatever. And he turned around and sees the dog, tells me to, you know, has his you know, choice yeah. words for me and turn walked away. Wow. <laughs> you there know? you go. So, yeah. So, that's crazy. They're, Jump they're, Coda. they're amazing animals. They, they really yeah, are long, but absolutely. If you, you have to recognize that they're not, you can't get one of these, put them in your house and then go to work, no, you know, 40 yeah, hours a week a lot and of not, energy. not trading, you know, for the first year of life. You got it. They're a hobby. So. Right. Uh, there's a trail. If you consider mm-hmm. from the bottom of Argentina, Oh, all the way up to North America. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Pan American Highway. Yeah. Yeah. I, Which is kind of a cool one I've seen some people do over the years. I've been trying to talk my wife into that for years. And really? She's, 
no interest. She doesn't like the whole. There's some there's countries, some... Colombia and along the border there, yeah. that would be kind of crazy. I mean, because yeah, you have to ship your car across the Guardian Gap. El Salvador, you know, obviously they made a lot of changes recently, but yeah, you know, I mean, El Salvador has issues, you know, and uh, the Central America portion of that would be a little sketchy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's funny that you're like, I take, I take Iran. Yeah. Over like El Salvador. You know, like, I, I would I would do it and not think twice. You know, it's different. Like when you're by yourself, like you're, you, you know, the, <laughs> your, your best, you, you know, the, I, I like how Jocko says it. If you ever get in a fight, run. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that guy, that guy is a killer, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, so if I'm by myself, you're not going to catch me. <laughs> no yeah. one is. I mean, you're going to be a pretty legit athlete to catch me, mm. you know, both in speed and endurance. Like I'm gone. Like if I'm by myself, I don't need anything. You know, when I was in the wilderness, whenever I'd go, you know, hiking away from the car, you know, I'd have the, my Garmin, you know, clipped on my belt, you know, like on my loop on my pants. And so, Hey, if something weird happened and I wasn't by my car and I, you know, had to leave the area, so be it, leave the area, you know, yeah. disappear. I'll be able to get out. And so, so that's, that's my thing. You know, it's like, if you're in risky stuff, it's like, versus if you have, you know, young kids and a wife and you're trying to drag around. But the reality is, you know, thousands of people have done the Pan American highway without incident, sure. you know, and, and, you know, and there's, I, I, I hate even saying that because Latin America has, you know, some bad, you know, bad press. And I, I think it's it's not necessary. Like Panama, for instance. Panama is a beautiful country, guys. Like it's it's half the price and half the crime of Costa Rica. And you never know it. You know, Costa Rica mm. does a great job marketing, yeah. you know, tourism. But, but you know, you go down there, have a great time, and you're never going to have an issue. What was the impact on your family while you were gone? You know, it, it was hard for them. You know, obviously, you know, also my wife is, uh, you know, all of a sudden a single mom. Yeah. And it, the funny thing, though, man, you read the comments. Like, you know, I had a couple of videos go viral on Instagram with, you know, a couple million views or whatever. And and uh, and, and the comments are like, yeah, this is why being single is the best. Or like, tell me you're divorced without telling me you're yeah. divorced. I'm like, guys, no. Like, I'm yeah. happily married. I lost my wedding ring in the Boise River, you know, behind oh, the Morrison gosh. Center. If you got oh, yeah. a metal detector, help me out, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. And, and uh, you know, and I'm just reluctant to buy a new one until I get my old one back or find something sentimental enough that I justify wearing. But no, guys, we're happily married. That's you funny. Know? So, yeah. And so, but they, but they supported you all the way when you got back. They're just oh, happy for you all yeah. that. Yeah, it's great. You know, I surprised my, uh, my daughter was on a sleepover when I came back. Like I came back pretty late at night. And, uh, and so then I went and picked her up at the sleepover the next day and it was, it was cool. Like, yeah. you know, it was like movie moment when she's like, yeah. oh, you know, he's obviously gone for a month. You know, that, right. that is rough on them. And you did this during October, is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, the month of October. Month of October. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, what it, what was your overall lesson? Like, what learn? What did you learn from it? What, it? what I mean, what would you tell our listeners about the experience overall when you look back and you're introspective about it? What, what would you say? You know, it, it goes. I already had I had the lesson prior, and it just it just reiterated it, and it, and it just goes like, guys, life is short. You know, don't get, don't let yourself get in a situation where all of a sudden you start thinking about like, man, I just wish I had more time. Don't let yourself get there. You know, go ahead, buy that boat, you know, sell the house, go take that trip you've always wanted to take, you know, and like I was was having a conversation with someone just the other night and they're like, you know, this is so crazy that you just sold everything and you took off Central America. Like, how do you do that? Like, I'm like, so often people worry about when you're making big, when you do something big like this, like, you know, what's going to go bad? Like what could go, what could go, what can happen? What's my opportunity cost? What's all the downside? It's like, guys, what could go right? You know, like what, wonder, wonder if things go really good because of this wonder if you become a different person about it and, and you just, you know, you change your trajectory by, by two degrees. Where, where will your life be, you know, 20 years from now, if you changed it just two degrees today and you could do that right away, like don't delay, you know, if you have that fishing trip, you've been wanting to take with your, one of your parents, like 
don't make it, you know, so, so often people make the mistake and then all of a sudden they start regretting like, man, I wish, I wish I would have gone fishing with my dad or something like this when it's too late, guys. Like, hey, call your dad. Book that damn fishing trip in Alaska. Let's go. Let's do it this weekend. There's, the timing will never be right. So, and that, that's, that's my lesson that I want to get out. Yeah, I mean, you can apply that in so many different areas of your life, right? I mean, yeah. we talk about, we have a lot of people that do businesses that, you know, struggle for years and years and years, and then finally they're forced into it or whatever their circumstances are, yeah. and they wish they would have done it earlier. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Matt and I talk about it quite a bit. It's like, I, I love those types of adventures because I, I love uh, experiences over, you know, anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Where even if you waste some money here or there, or you, you make a bad decision here or there. I mean, you have an, an experience you can look back on and build your life on and really share with other people versus, I just don't think you'll regret things that you do as much as you'll regret things you didn't do. Exactly. You know? And so I think that I think about that quite a bit, man. I talk about that. So it's a cool inspirational example yeah. of how to do that. And I, and I always look at like, you know, hey, worst case scenario, just, you know, you manage for the worst case scenario. Like how do we, sure. how do we get back to net neutral? Like, let's take the example of like, you know, selling everything and moving overseas, like something you've want, been wanting to do, if that's something you're interested in, right? It's like, okay, yeah, you, you lose your house, you know, you might not be, you know, and your kids have neighbor friends and they, they're out of the school. Like worst case scenario, they missed a year of school. They got a huge life experience. Like, you know, the, one of the lessons I had from Costa Rica, we're actually, we're in Panama at this time, but um, my boys, you know, two two boys, their ages, what were they like 10 and no, nine and 11 at the time. And uh, they're just bugging my wife and I. And so I gave them the machete and the dog and a walkie talkie. Okay, like, there you I'm go. Like, you guys, you go into that jungle and you don't come because our house kind of like was on the beach, but at the back of it was jungle. I'm like, you guys go into the jungle and don't come back until the sun starts going down. And I'm like, stay away from big bodies of water because there's crocodiles in them. And uh, man, they're out there, they're messing with the monkeys and the monkeys are like trying to pee on them and breaking <laughs> off branches and throwing <laughs> branches at them. And, and then they see like, Basilisk lizards, or those are the lizards that run across the surface of water. Oh, cool! Yeah, and uh, and and they've seen that on wild crats before. But yeah, but like the biggest thing is they learned how to manage risk. And I mean, they're in Panama, and and I, you know, we had an incident where we had to go to the the local hospital there, it was just some minor stuff. And and I, I told the kids, I'm like, hey, if you guys get hurt, like I'm going to be the one doing the stitches on you. So don't let yourself get hurt. Mm. Like you know, manage manage yourself. You know, and and uh, but because of it, like you know. They know how to manage risk, and that's that's way more important than you know a lot of the things that they're teaching. Writing and cursive, learning where learning. Georgia is on a map, or exactly, exactly, right? Like if you can figure out how to manage risk and and how to how to deal with stuff under pressure. I mean, you know, it was it was a pretty cool experience, you know, for all of them. And so, yeah, was this a confidence booster for you? Um, doing the, the trip across the U S yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I still, I'm still uncomfortable sleeping alone in the wilderness by myself. I mean, it's, it just feels eerie to me for whatever reason, yeah, I bet. but, uh, um, you know, just, yeah, I don't know. I sleep with one eye open, I think. Yeah. And, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's huge confidence. Well, well I, I just think, you know, when you said that you never, you know, you don't know how much time you have left and yeah. life is short. Uh, that's one of the reasons you do it. But I also think like, we, um, we think of what could go wrong. And I also think one of the thoughts we have is that we're not capable of doing these things. We yeah. kind of underestimate our own abilities Yeah. and watching you on this adventure. It's like, yeah, there'd be a lot of situations <laughs> where I would be very scared. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not an off-road, you know, I'm not skilled at that, but it did make me, it gave me a sense of confidence. Like, why couldn't I do that? Exactly. Right. And so I think, that's one of the things that I took away as a viewer of this was, and, and hopefully others do too, but there's a lot out there that you can do. 
yeah. you know, and it's way more fun than sitting on your couch doing whatever, right? Just watching TV. Well, and, and that's why I created the, I wanted it to be an interactive experience. I don't want you to, I don't want my, my, my viewers to be passive and just like, you know, kicking on the couch watching this. I want, I want them to like, when this is over, be like, you know, Hey, there's some golden bananas that if you don't have a four wheel drive vehicle, there's several of them that you can get to that are basically a paved road or, you know, easy, easy gravel road that you can take a Tesla on. And it's, you know, there's one by Lake city. What is it? No, Lakeview, uh, California, I think it is, or Lakeview, Oregon. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some bananas you can go get that are easy, you know? And, yeah. and I just want to get people out and like, and if you go do that and you spend the weekend at a hotel or, you know, you're going to have fantastic memories that'll last a lifetime. Yeah, for sure. Um, any, any other questions? I don't think so. I mean, there's always more questions. Yeah, for this, sure. This has been great. Yeah, it, it really has, Ron. You've been so awesome, and and everybody needs to check out uh, Banana Ron. Yeah, just search Banana Ron on YouTube. And, yeah. Uh, if you see Ron Swanson eating a banana, that's not that's the a video. different that's, one. That's, that's that's not me. That's, that's not me. A, that's a different one for sure. No, check him out on YouTube. Check him on Instagram, on Facebook. You can email if you're out there collecting videos and pictures of bananas. You can email and upload them or at uh, yo at bananaron.com. I think it'd be cool to see a compilation of all of those different people going out and, and searching for those. Um, appreciate Ron joining us this week. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Founders Podcast. Be sure to follow the host on Twitter. Search at Jord B. Hansen and at Brandon Minot to discuss more. Also, be sure to visit thefounderspod.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content.